Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good middle of the night, and welcome to Cases of Color. Hello, you guys, and welcome back. So sorry that I've been gone for so long. I'm actually in the middle of a really hard course on top of the fact that when I sat down to record for you guys, if you're following me on Instagram, you'll see that my cord literally shat the bed. Um, It literally, the whole adapter part that plugs into the microphone, snapped. So yeah, so I had to wait on good old Amazon to give me a new cord, but nevertheless, I have one now, and I'm very excited to get into this week's episode. I'm going to do things in the beginning a little bit different. I actually want to start off today and talk about a brand new platform called Preserved. Preserved is an app designed to make evidence collection and organization easier for those struggling with any form of online bullying to domestic abuse. Users can journal their experiences, capture media, verify information, and more. I cannot explain how how many times Preserved could have helped a number of victims that we've even discussed on this podcast. Preserved is currently fundraising to provide a full version of the app for free to 100,000 at-risk individuals. We need your help in empowering survivors by giving them the tool that they need to get the proof of what's happened to them. Every dollar and a share goes a long way. In my bio, After you listen to the podcast or while you're listening, please check out the links in my bio. There will be two links to Preserved. It is a startup app, but it is just absolutely amazing. When I heard about it, I was super duper interested because it definitely sounded like something that I wanted to be a part of. And my hope is that you would want to be a part of Preserved as well. So please check out the links in my bio. Again, even if you don't have the money to donate to contribute to this very awesome app coming into fruition, you just sharing this information with other people is very vital to its success. And I definitely think something like Preserved could be so beneficial to so many victims of various crimes. So I'm happy to bring you Preserved. I also want to talk to you about a black queer creator named Circus Sheep on Instagram. Um, Circus Sheep also has a Etsy shop where they sell custom-made stickers. It's a very small business, but it's very important for me to shout out black businesses that are owned and ran specifically by the people and just putting those dollars back into the community. And those links will be in my bio. I'll also be sharing some of the stickers and the page on my Instagram page. And most importantly, If you're not following Cases of Color on Instagram and Twitter at Cases of Color on both platforms, what are you doing? They were the first people to know when I had a live podcast, which by the way, if you did not see the live podcast, please go onto my Instagram and watch it on IGTV, but they get all the updates on everything first because I'm very active on Instagram. Sometimes I'll just come on there and I'll talk about things that are going on currently in the world and various things. So if you're interested in seeing that type of content, which you should be, if you love the podcast, then you would love the social media for the podcast. You definitely, definitely, definitely need to make sure that you are following both platforms because trust me, you don't want to miss what I have going on. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, time to get into this episode. Today's episode is about Vanessa Guillen. I really wanted to talk about her because I'm very passionate about this as somebody who also serves 
in the military, it's very important to make sure that we talk about these stories. And I want to say first, I am in no way a representative, nor am I speaking on behalf, nor do my opinions reflect that of the military branch to which I served. These are all my personal opinions, my personal thoughts. And one more time for the one time, I am not a representative for any military entity. These are just my personal opinions. Randy Baum's personal opinion. Good. Glad we got that out the way. Moving on. But I really wanted to talk about this because this story really broke my heart. And I'm actually glad that I waited. And I say that because I was going to talk about this right when it happened. And then I'm glad that I waited because now we know a little bit more, kind of, and I'll get into that at the end, what happened to Vanessa. And we are also more aware of a clearer timeline of what was going on during these times. So I really want to get into this timeline. USA Today had a really good date timeline. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through the timeline. I'm going to cover what actually happened to Vanessa Guillen and when, and then I'm going to give my thoughts and opinions because I'm going to say flat out, something about this shit is fishy to me. Something about this is just not right, and I'm definitely going to give y'all my personal opinion on how I feel about that and why I feel that way. So let's get into it. On April 22nd is when Guillen got a text message from Andre Robinson, which is the man who killed her, and it was saying that she needed to bring some paperwork for a machine gun and, and you know, verify some serial numbers and weapons and equipment, that type of thing. Um, on April 23rd, the Army is notified that Guillen is missing, and a witness says that before her disappearance, she left the arms room where she was working to go to the arms room where Robinson was, so the one he called her into about the machine gun. On the 24th of April, um, they request some help for her to request help to look for Guillen, seeing where she pinged in the area. On April 26th, they made a Facebook page called Find Vanessa Guillen. On April 28th, the U.S. Army CID interviewed Robinson because he was, again, the last person to see her alive, to their knowledge. So he tells them that after he finished work on April 22nd, he went to his residence, which is off of the post, which that's what they call an army base. They call it a post with his girlfriend, Cecily Aguiar, which is also another person who is looked at as a suspect um, in the removal of the body, as well as the dismemberment and other things. But we will get into that later. And he says that he stays there, stayed there, but he did not leave for the rest of the night, except around 6.30 p.m. when he had to come to back to the post to sign um, for a government training of some sort. On April 30th is finally when the Secretary of the Army did a press conference, and they talked about COVID, and they also talked about Vanessa Guillen missing, but claimed that they were looking for her and everything like that. I'll give my thoughts on that later because I have mixed feelings. Um, on May 7th, while a guest investigating Guillen's disappearance, the U.S. Army CID uncovered a statement that can be considered potential sexual harassment. After they had an investigation about it, and an allegation of verbal harassment involving the individual was discovered. They did not tell the public about the existence of the statement. They just kept it under wraps, which is not shocking. 
On top of all of that, um, on May 15th, Vanessa Gian's older sister who lives in Houston says that she and her family had yet to receive any information regarding the disappearance and that she and her family were not allowed on base to search. Um, all they could do is hand out flyers in the surrounding community, but they were not allowed to come anywhere on base near Vanessa's barracks. You name it, they couldn't have access to anything. On May 18th, investigators, they interviewed two witnesses, and they said that on April 22nd, they saw Robinson pulling a large type of pelican case with wheels. That's a big black like industrial type box. You put like gear and heavy things in it, and it appeared to be heavy in weight. Um, they said he was pulling it out of the arms room, which is the room that he called Vanessa Guillen into, and that they said they observed him load the box into his vehicle and drive away. That, again, was not collected until May 18th. So almost a month later is when they're finding this out. Do you think they did anything about him? Nope. Robinson consents to a search on his cell phone on the 19th, and it showed that he had multiple calls to Aguiar on the night of April 22nd, which is very conflicting because if you think about it, he said he was with her all night when he got off shift. So why would he need to call her multiple times? And they lied about that. They actually said that, oh, he was just trying to help me find my phone because my phone was missing. But then when you look at the records, a lot of those calls last lasted multiple, multiple minutes. But again, that was the original story before they got to the bottom of what allegedly happened. So on May 23rd, somebody starts a petition for the White House to hold the Army accountable for Guillen's disappearance and for the subsequent investigation. That petition got about 180,000 signatures, and it definitely surpassed the amount required for the White House to respond. On June 10th, the Guillen family hold, held a press conference, and they said that Guillen told them prior to the disappearance that she had been sexually harassed. Um, her mother did state that she wanted um, to report the guy and what was his name, but Vanessa said that she would handle it herself and that she didn't want her mom to be involved. I talk a little bit more about her mom's um Involvement as far as the conversations they had about different things on the live podcast, which is on Instagram. So if you haven't got a chance to check that out, definitely do that. On June 12th, Vanessa's family actually protested outside of Fort Hood and they were demanding answers about her disappearance. They had signs, they had the loud blowhorns with the microphones, they were doing anything they could because ultimately they just wanted justice for their sister and daughter. On June 15th, the Army investigators increased the reward for information um, to 25000 And they had, at that point, allegedly interviewed more than 150 people and that they had no credible information about Guillen being sexually assaulted. On June 17th, they searched a training area and a regiment area. They searched all over the base and didn't find her. Um, on June 19th, they find skeletal remains in a field in Colleen, Texas, but it actually turned out to be the remains of Private Gregory Morales, who was last seen in October 2019. He was actually reported as being AWOL, but I clearly think there's more to it. I really think something is going on. Like I, Fort Hood has a lot of missing and murdered people. 
If you've never been to Fort Hood, Fort Hood is actually a humongous military base. It's not a little base. It's freaking huge. And when you see that base, you think about how many people work there. I also think about how easy it would be for someone to get away with something. And I'm not going to lie, it kind of puts me on edge when I saw the numbers about how many people have been murdered and the murders were unsolved with gunshot wounds or whatever the case may be. You would think that one of the biggest bases in the United States would be heavily secured with lots of cameras and things like that. But clearly, um, it was not. So it's just very disappointing to see these things that are happening. I remember when that came in, that there were some remains found. I thought they were hers, and uh, they most certainly were not. On June 30th, Vanessa Guillen's remains were actually found. So what happened is, is there was a contracting company that was building a fence, and they actually found the remains in what looked to be in a cement type of substance. And so the FBI came out, CID came out, and they transported them to the medical examiner. On that same day, Aguiar, that is the Cecily girl, and she tells investigators that Robinson told her on April 22nd that he struck Ian with a hammer in the arms room at Fort Hood. So the room that he called her into, that he struck her with a hammer in the head multiple times. And from there, he took Gian's body off of post and picked up his girlfriend at a gas station and then showed the body to her. At that point, he had already taken it to the location where it was at, which was near the Leon River. And Aguiar helped him try to dispose of the body in a few ways. On July 1st, Robinson unfortunately fatally shoots himself when he's confronted by law enforcement. What irritates me about this is he was supposed to be confined to base. They told him that he had to stay on base because of COVID. And then all of a sudden, he somehow is able to get his personal weapon. He is able to drive off of the base. So clearly they weren't watching him very much. And he is then followed by police and he takes the coward's way out and ends his life. And I say the coward's way out not to trivialize suicide as a whole. I'm talking about you murdered this woman and you couldn't even face the music when it was that time. You couldn't even let yourself be caught for what you did. A coward. A freaking coward. Like, seriously, it just fucking pisses me off so much. Like, it makes me so mad that he was able to get away and that he was not properly supervised like he was supposed to be. It just really, truly makes me sick to my stomach. And that part kind of leads me to the details. So, again, I want to tell everybody right now, if you are, if you do not like gruesome details and things like that, it would definitely be in your best interest to click off now. I definitely would not want to do that if I was you, for sure. Because when I tell you what they did to this girl was absolutely horrific. So allegedly, Robinson hit Vanessa over the head with a hammer multiple times and pretty much bludgeoned her to death. His alleged reason for doing this is because she allegedly saw a picture on his 
on his phone screen and the picture was of Cecily Aguiar and he she allegedly told him that he cannot mess with somebody's wife and that she was going to report him and so then he decided to say you're not going to ruin my career and bludgeon her over the head multiple times with a hammer right there in the arms room and apparently when he did this nobody heard him apparently he was able to clean up the blood apparently he didn't have any blood on him and nobody noticed anything suspicious or nobody noticed the fact that Vanessa didn't come back to where she came from. It's, it's, there's so many holes here, but I'm going to let I'm going to let that go for now. So he puts Vanessa Gein into a pelican case. He cleans up all the blood that was in the room because apparently there was a lot of blood, which I would assume there would be not just from blood pooling, but also from blood splatter because you're hitting someone in the head with a hammer. And then on top of that, he puts her in the Pelican case, takes her out to the Leon River, picks up Cecily Aguiar from where she's working, takes her out there, and they proceed to use a hatchet, axe-like machete-type knife to dismember Vanessa Gian's body. They at first tried to burn the body. However, the fire was getting too big and the smoke was getting up too high, so they were afraid that somebody would notice. So instead, they went and put the body in some type of cement of some sort and buried it in three very shallow graves. And that is where her body was found. Um, Aguiar, since she is still alive, she faces up to 20 years in prison with a maximum $250,000 fine if she's convicted. Um, And she is currently in prison or excuse me in jail right now awaiting her first court date so I really want to talk about this case because it it, it, it's not making sense to me it's pissing me off it's pissing me off because I think it's a lie I think I think they're full of shit and I think there's more to this story and I'm going to tell you what I think about it a couple things here number one if I'm at work this is somebody who is in the military if I'm at work and I leave my office because I have to go take somebody some shit. If I don't come back to my office, do y'all think ain't nobody can come look for me? Do you think do y'all think I can just leave my office and not come back to it? Do you think I can just leave where I'm working on shift and not come back? If you said no, you would be a smart person. Okay, people are going to be looking for you. They're going to wonder where you went, especially somebody as low ranking as Vanessa. She's not like some high ranking person that runs the shop and can just do whatever they want. So the fact that she was called over to bring some paperwork and never returned should be strange to everyone. Another part the actually the biggest part that I do not fucking believe at all. You mean to tell me that in 43 minutes, she came over there, they had the conversation, he bludgeoned her with the hammer, and then he was able to clean up the entire room. He cleaned up the whole room, you guys. All of that, and he killed her and cleaned up the room in 43 minutes. Nobody heard her scream. Nobody. Not one person heard Vanessa Guillen scream. Heard her make any noise. Not one person heard the the murder 
Where the hell is this armory room? Is it like padded or something? I have lots of questions. I've been into a couple armories and I've never known one where you just wouldn't hear anything. So I have a lot of questions because it just it's not making a lot of sense to me. And you mean to tell me there's no blood anywhere in that room? Not one place? I don't believe this. I don't believe any of this shit. Additionally, I don't I don't really take extra uniforms to work. So you mean to tell me the way blood would splatter from bludgeoning someone to death, he was just clean and able to walk out of the building and nobody saw any blood on his uniform? Is that what y'all want me to believe? Where did he get the fucking cleaning supplies from? Was, was everything just perfectly staged in this room or was this a setup? Because if they're saying that he's not the person who is listed on this report that they failed to release on May 17th, then who was? Also, who called her into work? Because another thing that's very suspicious to me is the fact that she was able to show up to work in regular clothes. Anybody that's in the military knows you don't go to any type of military appointment out of uniform. Even a damn dentist appointment. You go in uniform. It's an official appointment. I can't go do a P-test without being in uniform. But you mean to tell me this girl got called into work when allegedly she wasn't even supposed to be at work? And she's not in uniform? Make it make sense. Somebody is lying. Someone is lying. And up until this day, nobody even subpoenaed her text messages. The military didn't even ask for her text messages. So I have to ask myself, why and what is going on? They killed her because she was going to report somebody, and I don't necessarily think it was Robinson or it wasn't just Robinson. I think she was set up, and I think Robinson killed her, and I think Robinson killed himself because he couldn't tell the damn truth. Something just isn't right. And again, this is all my personal opinion, conspiracy, allegedly. I am just saying what I personally think, but I truly feel like something is not right, okay? Something is just afoot with this whole situation. I genuinely believe that this girl was preyed on and set up and that she was called to that building with the intention of being murdered. I do not believe under any circumstance that somebody was able to comfortably kill someone in an official federal building without any fear of being caught, without any fear of anyone walking in on him. And most importantly, cleaning up all of that blood and being in a clean uniform in a matter of 43 minutes. There is no way that that happened. There is no way that that is exactly what happened. All I thought when I heard this story is that this is about a crock of shit if I've ever heard it. You mean to tell me, all my military people, please comment in the comments. If I have any military listeners, please comment in the comments or, or on Twitter or wherever. Let me ask you a question, serious question. How many times have I ever brought a uniform to work, like an extra uniform to work, like on a regular basis where you just had it unplanned? How many times have you ever felt like you could get away with doing some shit in in an in area like an armory room where people are bringing you their equipment and turning it in or bringing you their weapons and turning it in for accountability and cleaning the weapon? Those of y'all who have had to handle that. How many of y'all think that the armory would be a place that you could just get away with doing whatever the fuck you want? I highly doubt. And for 43 minutes worth, 
43 minutes worth. And if they got that much non-supervision in the army, that's part of the problem. On top of the fact that when they were supposed to do accountability at Vanessa's barracks, the guy who was doing accountability said that she was there. And when they asked, you know, why would he lie? He admitted to lying, but they said, oh, well, he always, you know, kind of half-assed does his job. So that's what we're doing now. We're saying that people are present when they're not. We got people waiting a whole month to say that they noticed this Robinson guy carrying out some heavy ass Pelican case and taking it and driving away with it. Clearly, that Pelican case is not something that was issued to him. It came from the building. Nobody thought to say anything or better yet. And most importantly, according to reports, Robinson was the last person to see Gian. No one else saw Vanessa Gian after Robinson saw her. He should have been the prime suspect from the beginning, and he was not. And that is one of the many problems I'm having with this situation. I honestly believe that we are never truly going to know exactly why Vanessa Gian was killed. I feel like until they pull up her phone records and other things. We will never truly know the full extent of what happened to Vanessa Gian, but I sincerely hope that eventually we will get to a point where we can know the truth and her family can truly get peace because somebody is lying, y'all. There is something in the buttermilk, as the old folks would say, and it is not good, okay? It is not good. It is not right. And this is my take on Vanessa Gian. I hope that this young lady rest in peace. Vanessa Gian was only 20 years old. She graduated class of 2018 from Cesar Chavez High School. Ever since she was a little kid, she always wanted to be in the Army. And I think it breaks my heart that her childhood dream turned into a real-life nightmare for her and for her family. I am glad that they found her remains. I am glad that they can put her to rest the way they are supposed to, and I hope that Cecily Aguiar gets prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law because that's what she deserves. So you guys, thank you so much for listening tonight or today or to morning or to afternoon (laughs) to me on Cases of Color. Please follow me on Instagram at Cases of Color and Twitter at Cases of Color. Please do not forget to check out at Circus Sheep on Instagram and their Etsy shop. Links will be down below as well as Preserved. Again, Preserved is going to be an app that they're trying to release to 100,000 people for free where they can use it to collect data for things like bullying all the way up to domestic abuse, even assault. So you definitely want to contribute to this. And even if you personally cannot contribute to it monetarily, please just give it a share for me. There will be good links down in the bio for you to check it out and see what Preserved is all about. I thank you all so much for listening and I can't wait to talk to you later. Bye.